0: Alexis Bergren has served as the president and CEO of Explore Evansville, formerly Visit Evansville, since January of 2022. Prior to her appointment, she served as the general manager of Old National Events Plaza for five years. Before moving to Evansville, Alexis managed events and facility operations in some of the most iconic venues in the country, including the Ernest and Morial Convention Center in New Orleans and the Dolby Theater in Hollywood, Colorado. She is active in the Indiana Tourism Association, the International Association of Venue Management, and she is a proud member of the Rotary Club of Evansville. Please join me in welcoming Alexis Bergren. All right, well, good afternoon. Thank you all so much for being here and for inviting me to speak today about the state of tourism. Uh, but you know tourism is really about economic impact and business development, um, which might come as a surprise to some of you uh, but there's a lot of really interesting data and statistics um, that I want to share with you about not only just our area but uh, but our industry at large but explore Evansville that logo that brand might be uh, new to some of you it is something that we launched uh, earlier this year actually July was uh, we made it official uh, but we the organization itself is certainly uh, rooted in history here locally. Uh, the uh, the Vandenberg county convention and visitors bureau was actually formed by state legislation and incorporated in 1983 you may recognize that that top logo there as one of um our original looks it later became known as the evansville convention and visitors bureau uh and then in keeping with many other cvbs across the country we dropped the uh sort of stiff bureau identity and uh became visit evansville uh so that's sort of the evolution of kind of what what you've seen from our, our brand over the years uh, I'll mention before I move into the next slide that you know the the latest brand visit Evansville that logo is actually stylized uh, around the old uh, riverboat casino that's where you see all the loops it was supposed to to, uh, to sort of be reminiscent of the, the the riverboat so obviously it was time for a change since uh, since we no longer have that uh, amenity on our shore What we were trying to embrace is, you know, from its early days as a thriving commercial town with river trade to the manufacturing powerhouse that supported World War II, we've always been a major center of of industry. So we wanted something where history could meet modernity. With our new look, we wanted to also uh, embrace something that could be as easily painted on the side of the P-47, but uh, incorporated into modern design as well, which is where we came up with what you're seeing here, Explore Evansville. There's some nostalgic touches in there too most people don't know, so the gray that was utilized in the logo is an LST gray, which is very fun. Um, and, uh, and again, instead of visit, uh, you know, explore Evansville as a much more impactful uh, call to action and allows us to really kind of lead into that E alliteration, which is obviously very important for our community. So I'm going to take a step back and really kind of get into some tourism macroeconomics with you and kind of try to explain what it is we do right, we're in a period of education and evolution post pandemic. And so uh, I think it's an important conversation to have. So these days, uh, convention and visitors bureaus, CVBs are more frequently referred to as either destination marketing organizations or destination management organizations, DMOs, you might hear me say that later. Um, And We've really become, I'd say over the last 10 years, um, the understanding has has come into play that we are a critical part of the economic development life cycle. So I know you probably can't read uh, what is called the community vitality wheel, but it's, it's summed up like this. Um, it starts with us, right? It starts with the DMOs. Uh, if you visit a place uh, where people want to 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 be, you'll you'll want to live there, right? If you live in a place uh, where people want to shop and invest, you will work in a place where people want to shop and invest, and then obviously that investment happens in terms of business ownership and business development, which again goes back to becoming a place where people want to visit. So it's really an important life cycle that starts with getting some with starts with getting um, folks into your uh, destination to experience it. The other thing is that tourism and related revenues are designed to alleviate the tax burden on the local population, create jobs, improve quality of life, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about how exactly we do that here. So big picture wise, where is the tourist, uh, tourist tourism industry in general today? What does the industry landscape look like even outside of Evansville? Well, several factors, and this won't surprise you, have led to what we call a poly-crisis, causing a surge in travel-related costs, global politics, conflict, uh, drought risk, inflation, recession fears, which has led to corporate budget scrutiny, uh, and available, availability of talent, that's a big one obviously in the hospitality industry as you may have experienced in your own businesses. There are uh, across the country 1.67 jobs available for every job seeker in the hospitality industry and I can tell you here locally it's even higher, it's about closer to 2 to, two to 1. Uh, 87% of our hotels are still understaffed and um, what was the other thing, 75% of our total job openings are from small businesses. So small hospitality businesses. So we we really feel that impact here. So what it's leading to, again, across the country is we're seeing booking rates for events and tournaments and things like what we try to bring to town, they're down about 9.2%. Lots of people out there, uh, you know, generating leads, but what's actually converting is about 9.2% lower than where we were this time in 2019. The sales cycle is very different too. It used to be that, you know, DMOs would try to sell events that were outside of 18 months boy, we are selling things well inside of 18 months and that cycle has just changed dramatically. People are uh, waiting longer to make decisions which just makes it um, a lot more taxing on the communities and on on the teams involved. So uh, anyway, that's a little bit of what is happening across the industry. We'll take a closer look on what is happening here at home. So this is what we call a local visitor economy index. And what this really shows you is that here in Evansville we are following industry trends. This chart takes a whole bunch of data and it illustrates how the destination's tourism economy is doing this year compared to the same month in the previous year. So when we're above zero, we're doing better than we were last year. When we're below zero, we're doing uh, unfortunately just a little bit worse than we were last year. But again, this really reinforces that we are following the industry trends. We're, We're kind of all over the place right now and that is very indicative of the tourism and hospitality industry. So again, these patterns directly affect our operations through our funding. And for those that don't fully understand how we are funded, um, Explore Evansville is uh, funded through the innkeeper's tax. We have an 8% innkeeper's tax that is assessed at hotels and short-term rentals. And then we also get a portion of the casino admissions tax. However, uh, that innkeeper's tax then is also separated into three different um, funding sources. 2% goes to the Convention Center for their operating costs. 3.5% goes to a Tourism Capital Improvement Fund, which is strictly uh, designated towards infrastructure and bricks and mortar type of projects, which leaves the remaining 2.5% to help support our operations and the incentives and promotions uh, that we do in order to attract people to the area. Uh, right now, current fo- uh, forecasts in terms of our innkeepers uh, revenues are showing us about 3% ahead of 2022 uh, numbers, which is great. The only problem is, again, from an industry forecast standpoint, we thought we'd be a little bit further ahead. So while we're ahead of 2022, we're making gains. We're not making as many gains as we had hoped to be at the end of 2023. So I want to talk a little bit about that uh, tourism capital investment uh fund that we have because I I don't think a lot of people understand exactly how much investment has been put into the community uh, through the CVB and, and, and Explore Evansville over the years. So we've got some records that go back until about 1995 And when I say that DMOs like ours are designed in part to relieve the tax burden on local citizens, this is one of the major ways that we do this. So again, since 1995, our organization has directly invested $40 million into local tourism infrastructure projects. Over 50 projects, I've only listed 10 here, but over 50 projects um, have been invested in representing an incredibly diverse local tourism landscape. So uh, as you'll see, over $700,000 at Burdette Park, which included uh, the construction of Discovery Lodge and the BMX bike track. uh, Almost $4 million in capital investment improvements at Gable Gable Soccer Complex. Obviously, we were a, a partner in the convention center expansion and renovation. Almost $2 million at Mesker Park Zoo to support features like Amazonia, Carousel, uh, the Budgie exhibit, and more recently, the Penguins of Patagonia. We have supported almost all of the major museums locally, including those you see here, along with the Wrights Home, the LST, and SEMO. Uh, $3 million just about in downtown across projects that include the Main Street lighting uh, that were just, that was just installed a few years ago, the Arts Council rooftop space, Victory Theater, and the Signature School meeting space, as well as repairs and maintenance to the pagoda. And last but not least, just again to show you the diversity, we've put over $400,000 towards Evansville Trails initiatives and the Greenway projects. So we really have been able to support not just conventions and meetings, but you know sports, leisure travel, and quality of place, which is a big mission of ours as well. This is some of our key destination insights. Obviously, how are our hotels performing? If we are funded through innkeepers' tax, it's important to us to know how our hotels are, are performing. So, we're seeing about a 59.1% hotel occupancy in the community, uh, which is just about where we were last year. Uh, a lot of communities like ours in secondary and tertiary markets aim for 60%. So, we're 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 right about where we need to be with a little room for improvement. Our hotel ADR average daily rate is at $97, which is a 4% increase over last year. Average visitor spending, again this really kind of goes back to the economic conditions, that is down from $190 last year to $176. Now this second line I think is very interesting because it's sort of representing the new market of short-term rentals, so Airbnbs. VRBOs. Uh, there's there's a number of other companies out there. So this is another area that we are tracking because these uh, small business operators do pay innkeepers tax, just like hotels. So they're also um, putting eight percent on top of their um, their rentals. Their occupancy is also down, so nine um, percent over last year to fifty seven percent. But their short term rental ADR is up to one hundred and twenty nine dollars. Now keep in mind. In most cases they are renting entire homes versus a single room so it's really no surprise that that's a lot higher we have locally 178 listings for Airbnb or BRBO we're a very hot market for that right now so if you're looking for something to invest in uh, the short-term rental uh, experts would tell you that this is a very good market for that sort of thing in fact um, of our total revenues uh, in 2023 right now, uh, short-term rentals make up 18% of that, which is, um, which is higher than I think most people would realize. So what are we expecting uh, going forward? Well, in the next six months, uh, we do expect occupancy to decline. Again, we think people with the economic concerns are going to uh, not travel as much, so we'll see occupancy decline uh, oh by about five percent, but we will see average daily rates at the hotels go up by about eight to ten percent or I'm sorry eight to ten dollars. Um, And the the pie chart here on the right is our Evansville market share mix. So where where are we selling? What are we attracting uh, most often? And this is where we'll get into a little bit of strategy. So our largest portfolio as part of our market is sports events at 35%. That probably doesn't surprise anyone. Uh, Right after sports are faith-based groups. So that would include obviously Jehovah's Witness, which has been a longtime partner of our community uh, at 20%, and then association business at 16%. Those are our top three markets. So this is business that we are actually prospecting and selling. And in light of these patterns, our sales team, led by uh, Megan Hieronymus, who's our director of sales, they've our, our sales team has looked at ways that we can restructure uh, market responsibilities and capitalize on some of these groups that we know have growth potential. Uh, we also, based on uh, new data we're tracking, believe that the greatest chance for ROI for our community may actually exist outside of this pie chart, which we'll get into in just a little bit. To quickly summarize some of our own local tourism priorities, given what we know about the industry and our own local market, there are four major focus areas here. Community, so engaging our own constituents to help promote our destination. Uh, We really want to network with our hospitality partners and establish a a sense of uh, community pride and identity, preservation of heritage and quality of life, of course. Impact. So we, we need to increase direct spending, we need to increase indirect spending by our visitors, we want to increase job opportunities, I mentioned that's uh, that's something that has a lot of room for growth there, business growth, revenues, and we want to continue to diversify the tax base. Uh, with investment, I'll go back to tourism capital improvement, we want to make intentional and transformational uh, investments into projects that have strong ROI potential. So as we know that tax and and revenue opportunities in the tourism sector may may, may plateau, we wanna make sure that our investments align not only with our legislation, because we ultimately are governed by our legislation, but with our mission as well. And finally, accountability. We really are setting very aggressive goals for ourselves, and this is a great example. So in 2023, Megan and her sales team uh, set a goal of 45,000 room nights, to book 45,000 room nights this year. Uh, We exceeded that about, Q2, Q3, I think. And so currently uh, we have booked over 50,000 room nights to date, which will result in uh, just just under $33 million in economic impact for events between now and 2028. So we, we are making gains despite um, some of the, the fears out there about the, about the industry. So outside of room nights... We have a lot of other KPIs and I want to tell you how we measure them and that's where I think the industry is getting kind of fun and a little bit spooky uh, because we have more technology at our fingertips fingertips excuse me—than than ever before. And it's really completely changing the way that we approach destination marketing. All right, so we are understanding more about our visitors today than we ever have. Last year we began using a, a product called Zartico and it is one of those creepy geotracking softwares okay it tells me where you're going and where you're spending your money and how much you're spending. Um, but it's, but it's specific to visitors okay so um, it's not tracking anyone in this room unless your cell phone sleeps outside of uh, 30 miles. But it's been really transformative for us in terms of understanding who is visiting here. Now, it is important to know the visitor definition. So the visitor is defined within our system as someone who has come from over 30 miles from where they live and or work, really where their cell phone sleeps, okay? Um, They have to stay two or more hours in the destination, and they have to visit at least one point of impact here in the destination to be counted and tracked as a visitor. So this data is from the last 12 months, and for those of you that can't see all the way back there, we know that the top five origin markets are Indianapolis, Terre Haute, Louisville, uh, Paducah, Cape Girardeau, Harrisburg, Mount Vernon, and then finally Nashville, Tennessee. Now these are not necessarily inside the city limits, these are their DMAs. So it actually encompasses a pretty broad area outside of those cities, including a lot of smaller communities. So what are they coming here to do? Well, on the right-hand side, you'll see visitation by area. So we know actually where they're going, and almost half of our visitors over the past year are going to the east side, and they're staying on the east side. Uh, Vanderburg County comes in at 17.6, and Vanderburg County is kind of in that region encompasses areas that don't host uh, major attractions or points of interest. Warwick County, 9.4%. Downtown Evansville is attracting 7.4% of our visitors, and Jacobsville is number 5 at 5.1. So let's dig a little deeper. And again, we're tracking four counties. So we are tracking Gibson County, uh, Warwick County, Posey County, and Vanderburgh County. So again, in order to be a visitor, you have to be at least 30 miles outside of that perimeter. Well, as I mentioned, nearly half of our visitors are going to the east side. And when we really drill into that, we see that they are coming here to shop and see their doctors. So top points of interest, Eastland Mall, by a lot, by a lot, folks. Um, Deaconess Gateway Complex, Sam's Club, Bally's. And University of Evansville round out the top five. You will notice the only true restaurant on that list is Texas Roadhouse. It is the most frequented restaurant in four counties again by far. So um, very very interesting uh, to see where people are visiting. Of course you also see Costco on there, Academy Sports, uh, Deaconess Sports Park, Uh, Myers uh, Midtown Hospital and Doubletree by Hilton. The 47715 zip code sees roughly 45% of the total visitor spend in in the entire region and 32% of the resident spend. So it really is quite the economic engine for our region, um, the the Eastside Commercial District. Uh, The middle chart there will show you what they are spending their money on. They're spending their money on food. Um, visitor spending accounts for almost 40% of total spending on food. Retail is next, gas and service stations, and after that, finally, uh, accommodations and attractions. So how are we using this information, right? What, what can we do with this information, knowing that you know, largely our visitors are coming here to shop and eat? Um, well, we know where they are, We know where they're coming from and so now we have a conversion opportunity. Uh, We know from cross visitation that most of the visitors coming here to shop and eat never leave the east side. So we are strategizing ways that we can get in front of them where they are, where we can meet them where they're shopping and talk to them about everything else Evansville has to offer. Talk to them about the attractions, talk to them about downtown, and hopefully increase that network of cross-presentation. So now that we understand their experience, let's just say 46% of these people are day trippers and they're not staying overnight. That's actually true. So 46% of these people just come to town and then they leave. If we can, knowing we have the data and knowing we can track this, if we can increase that by even one to two percent of folks that are staying overnight, that's tens of thousands of additional hotel room stays and associated revenues for businesses. So these are the kind of KPIs that we're looking at and tracking because we, we think there's, you know, really tremendous opportunity uh, in some of these areas. All right, before I leave the east side. I want to talk about the Evansville Sports Complex. So the Evansville Sports Complex is comprised of Deaconess Sports Park and Gable Soccer Complex. Uh, For those that may not be aware, uh, the Explore Evansville actually owns and operates Deaconess Sports Park. That's been part of our tourism capital investment over the years. We also operate Gable Soccer Complex on behalf of the city. So we have a team out there that that manages all the operations out there. Last summer, we hosted 39 tournaments, resulting in uh, just over $9 million in economic impact. But dating back to 2015, when we started tracking over this, tracking all of this, um, between both properties, we've seen almost 150,000 hotel room nights and well over $118 million in economic impact. So it's definitely doing what it was designed to do. Our largest event continues to be the USSSA Great Lakes Nationals. It attracts roughly 5,200 daytime attendees and generates over $2 million in estimated business sales. This is a huge softball tournament, so lots of young uh, ladies along with their families uh, joining us over the summer. There we go. The event is so large that we also overflow into uh, Newburgh, Henderson, um, but we're talking, you know, a couple hundred of softball softball teams that uh, that come to town for this. So it's a very very big event for us, and we love to be a part of it. You know, the other thing I want to mention is that. Um, Again, as we're looking at our devices, and I'm sorry, I know I'm making people nervous because you, you know I'm watching you now. But um, when we look at the devices that are seen at the sports park, we are still seeing 72 of those um, of those devices are local residents. So while we are attracting, you know, these sports tournaments, which is what we're designed to do, drive visitation, it is still very much an amenity for the community. Which goes back to, you know, we want to make sure that we're investing in things that really serve that quality of, of place. Uh, Uh, You know, we host local leagues out there. Uh, We host um, practices for local uh, soccer and lacrosse clubs. And then, of course, it serves as a popular trail for visitors and runners. So uh, we are looking towards growth out there. In fact, uh, we recently acquired an additional um, 34 acres uh, for future development, and that is right next to to the park. So we're looking at ways to develop that, additional ball fields, additional amenities for our guests. Uh, So we are looking towards, towards growth there. Uh, So I want to talk about some big things coming in 2024. Uh, this is a sneak preview. We are going to be incredibly busy in the community uh, in the first four months of the, uh, of the year. And, and I've got seven events listed here, but this doesn't even represent everything that we have going on uh, in Q1 and Q2. I, I wanna highlight just a couple of these, or three of them, because they're, they're very, very exciting. The first one is the I, uh, IHSAA state wrestling finals. Uh, this is the first time ever that Evansville will host a state wrestling or a state championship not just wrestling, a state championship, uh, ever, ever. So this is a very, very great opportunity for us. We will have, um, you know, guests from all over the state coming to Evansville for this event in February, and so we really want to make it special. We're talking about shutting down Main Street outside of the uh, Ford Center. We know it'll be cold; it's February, but there will be so many people here that you know we want to have a festival atmosphere and and really kind of showcase. Um, as much as we can about Evansville. So we're really looking forward to that. Uh, and that, that event alone uh, we believe will drive about $3 million worth of economic impact. We know that obviously the, uh, the occupancy that they have in Indianapolis is much larger than we have here. So our friends at the Ford Center are figuring out every last space they can put a chair into because we expect between 10 and, uh, and 11,000 people to attend that event. Uh, the other one I want to highlight is the uh, 2024 Indiana Tourism Conference. This is actually a smaller event, however, this is an opportunity again for us to showcase the community to all of our industry colleagues and all of our industry professionals. This will attract every other um, CVB DMO operator from across the state. Excuse me, along with um, attraction operators. So. These are our colleagues and, and other professionals that will get to come to Evansville and see how we have evolved uh, over the last several years. And we're really looking forward to this opportunity. Uh, this is the second of two of these opportunities. This past year we hosted the Indiana State Association for Executives, uh, which was all meeting planners. And uh, that went so well, we actually were nominated for an award for supplier of the year. So uh, we're looking forward to getting those results here in a couple weeks. Uh, so again, really great opportunities for us to showcase the industry or showcase the community. Uh, and then of course, I would be remiss if I didn't say the most important event up there is the Rotary District Conference 2024, April 19th through 21st. Put it on your calendars. That is happening next year as well. This is something you should be planning for. Uh, April 8th, 2024, we uh, are expecting at least 80,000 people in the area, in the region, to come witness the solar eclipse. Again, tons and tons of economic impact. We're engaging businesses. Uh, They have closed all of the major school districts in the region, so if that's not, again, something you're planning for within your company, within your businesses, Definitely, definitely put that on your calendar. Uh, and then we also think that this is a, ter- in terms of bringing people to town, we think it's a terrific opportunity for visiting friends and relatives. So, you know, talk to your friends and relatives and, and, and get them to Evansville where you can experience this event, this once in a lifetime event in your, in your own backyard. We will be talking more about this next year. Uh, We'll do a a program just on the solar eclipse and and how you can best prepare. But in the meantime, there is a website, EvansvilleEclipse2024.com, that you can check out. It's got a lot of good resources for you there. Uh, last but not least, uh, I often call our team the community's concierge because we really are here to serve and connect uh, our guests and our visitors and even our own constituents with the services that the local hospitality um, industry can provide. I am beyond blessed to be surrounded by some of the best in the business. Uh, this team truly keeps things running and inspires me every day to keep working on behalf of, of this great city and, and the Evansville region. Um, many of them are here today. You simply will not find a group of people more passionate about this community and, and customer service when it comes to delivering on the highest uh, levels of hospitality possible. So uh, this is our team here. And again, many of them are sitting at this table right here along with some of our board members that, that were in attendance today. So. Just wanted to take a minute to offer my sincere gratitude to to our village as well. Thanks for joining us for this week's public affairs program. From all of us from Midwest Communications in Evansville, Indiana, have a great week.